right, guys. We got Baba Java in the house. Thank you for coming hey, on. Hey. We got Brad, Nathan. So nice to be here, yeah. man. Thanks, thanks for asking for, us on. Exactly. Well, thanks for thanks doing for it. Me. I end up talking about Baba Java most episodes because I'm, all, <laughs> I'm, I'm always drinking coffee. I know. Here, we so. were, the question must be asked, what are you drinking today? This is y'all's cold brew. Nice. Yeah, oh, with yes. A, with a little Love bit of it. raw cow's milk in there, a little maple syrup. No, that sounds good. It's That's my awesome. go-to. <laughs> do y'all have a go-to? Yes. Uh, if I, Yemen on pour-over is one of the best things on the planet so yeah the the yemen on pour over is really great i get our our nitro or cold brew mm-hmm. or i get this one called a creamy cap creamy cappuccino where it's basically just uh espresso with basically espresso and milk shaken up yeah cold it's real good most people get it sweet but i don't, I don't like the sugars so. yeah so back to pour over exactly what is that i hear people talk about they're big fans of pour overs especially people yeah. who, who know coffee they're fans of pour overs what exactly is that well, I mean, at the very basic, it's just hot water poured over ground coffee. Uh, but what makes it so different is the person uh, pouring the water can control water temperature, how many, it's called pulses, how many times they pour the water, um, and what shape do you pour the water, and which yep. that might matters. be a little Extraction rate. Yeah. You, if, you, if you're in an auto, auto machine, the extraction rate is whatever pours out but you get to control it a little bit more exactly so, you can, so this sounds yeah. this sounds more like chemistry than there's a lot, a lot of, of coffee really to, has a lot yeah. of science and chemistry yeah. behind it it really does it's so typically on pour overs you want to get i mean for us we want we want to finish within two and a half to three minutes um and so you can control that with your grind size how hot the water is because if you do a cold, cooler temperature water it will not bruise quickly and then for example like a lightly roasted coffee which is kind of what we do more medium roast it wants hotter water and so hotter water will extract a little faster so it's there, there's a lot of chemistry that goes along with it for sure so i've heard people mention chemex is that one of the pour over that's devices? one of the that's one of the brands that that does it we yeah. use the v60 is another brand yeah. is the one we normally use but chemex exactly. is one brand uh, on our podcast we talk about the different types of pour overs and things like that at the shops at our shops we use what's called a pour steady so it's an automated pour over machine so mm-hmm. the one if you go to a lot of uh coffee shops cafes specialty coffee shops the baristas can waste it's not wasting time but they they spend a lot of time doing the pour overs mm. so they've invented this this machine called a pour steady and we have is it four four head on that one well, yeah three on that three one. head on that one and we have another one that's two at our, our new shops coming up and so it's automated you you control all the parameters of it but it does the same thing as what the yeah. barista would be doing with the pour over so do things like the uh the temperature of the water and the length of time you're pouring the water, does mm-hmm. that affect the strength of the coffee? You know, like how uh, how much caffeine is in it, or does that not really play a role? No, because mm-hmm. it's the same amount of water. Exactly. So it's the but the but the the rate is different. The extraction rate, so how fast or that you extract the the coffee from it is is determined yeah. by those factors. Gotcha. Strength is determined by your ratio of water to coffee. Okay, that makes sense. So like cold brew is really strong because it's ten parts water to one part coffee. Whereas when we're doing pour overs, we're doing 16, somewhere between 15 to 16 parts water to one part coffee. So naturally that's going to be a weaker drink. I see. Whereas uh, espresso, which is one of the strongest, the ratio is much tighter, you know. so A lot of coffee, a little water. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. Well, the reason I have so many questions for you guys <laughs> is because y'all's shop is honestly the first one that I ever visited 
where the coffee was noticeably better and more flavorful to me. Mm. And I've been to coffee shops all over, but I think it might be because y'all roast your own beans, right? We do. We do. Absolutely. And a lot of shops don't. Isn't that right? Yeah. It's not typical for a coffee shop to do their own roasting for sure. Well, I learned that that makes a big difference in the flavor of the coffee. For sure. Um, You know, for us, we, we roast coffee to how we want it to taste. You know, first, you know, we're the first customer. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted good coffee that we liked. And so we knew that if we did that, then we'd be able to tailor our coffee shop menu to um, have drinks that other people would like too. So um, that's what being your own roaster allows you to do is you can tailor the coffee flavors to what you want your shop to enhance. And, and so it starts from the very beginning. So, yeah, you know, sure. we're, we're, People send us samples of their coffees that they want us to buy, and we only buy a specialty grade coffee. We explain what that means. Yeah, Brad? what's the difference? Yeah, uh, well, in the coffee world, there are basically two types of coffee. There's commodity, and there's specialty grade. And so, just like any, um, um, what's what I'm looking for? Uh, any commodity, there are levels. It, like gold has levels, diamonds. I mean, <laughs> that's right. Like Kramer on levels. Got levels. Oh, yeah. uh, but there, there are levels and standards of quality, right? So um, the coffee is graded out of 100. And if a coffee, um, well, so it actually starts at the origin. So coffee gets planted, gets grown, it gets harvested. Um, the seed gets extracted. All right, so once that's where the scoring starts. So seed gets extracted. Um, the green coffee, before it's roasted, gets graded. All right, and then... Uh, once it gets graded as green coffee, then it gets graded on, um, once it's, uh, roasted and, and brewed, it gets a grade then. So all those factors coming together, will give it a score. And that score is the quality. Right, right. And so if it's, um, 80 or above is considered specialty grade. Mm, okay. If it's below 80, it, it goes into the commodity market. Now, where that's important is the commodity market is, uh, it's traded, just like any other commodity. Right. All right. And so the price for that coffee is basically based on whatever the market price is. And it fluctuates, as we know. And that's just lot. bulk coffee. Like, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Any exactly. coffee Folders, you get. For instance. Yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. Taste or like, most right. coffee shops. That's, I mean, even use coffees coffee that also. don't do specialty, like, yeah, that's right, are buying commodities. So they're buying at various price levels throughout the year. And, and this is not you guys saying this, but to be honest, a coffee like Folgers or something in a Keurig to me, when it's just black, it tastes a lot like ashes just it does. in water. It really, <laughs> right. it well, really does. Well, it does. 100%. And it's, that's how that's – well, one, it's the quality of the coffee. Yeah. And two, it's how they roast it. Just it just tastes yeah. burnt. They, yeah. they, they roast it to be the same. Yeah. yeah. And so to do to, in order to achieve that, they have to basically burn the beans. That's what yeah. they, that's what they uh, do. That's the only way to achieve – yeah, that's right. Because medium roasted coffee, the flavors are going to change a lot over time. But a coffee that is over-roasted – they're taking all nuance out of that seed. Any flavor profile that's in that seed is virtually gone. When that's you what it is. It. That's, and that's why at Baba Java, it has, I can detect actual flavor in it. Right. It's not just like a kind of a burnt water taste. Exactly. Like it has different flavors. And so you guys are picking only specially grade. Specially grade. Beans. Okay. Beans. But they're all, you know, they're sourced from different regions. Correct. Right? That's yeah. right. What are just a few of the differences between some of the regions? I'm sure that it's, you know, it's like wine and, you know, different. Yeah, no different doubt. Rates. It is. How no does doubt. that work? Yep. It really no is. Yeah. They're across the coffee growing world. 
there are some similar similarities between Latin coffees, East African coffees, East Asian coffees. Um, but even in there, there's a lot of nuance. But typically, Latin coffees lean towards more floral, but that's not always the case. You know, East African coffees tend to lean citrus and chocolatey. And then East Southeast Asian coffees typically can be more earthier flavors, nuttier, and those type of things. But but there's variety within those. Yeah, it's, one of our first coffees was yeah. a Colombian coffee that, to, <laughs> that tasted like tomato soup. Like really? sweet tomatoes. Yeah. It was yeah. like an heirloom tomato. It was probably our most polarizing coffee, too. Cause yeah, because so. you either loved it or hated <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, no, it was interesting, but it, was it literally extreme. tasted like tomatoes. It, yeah. it was amazing. It was wild. Yeah. So, That's one of our craziest ones. Yeah, I did not too. everybody did. And it all has different levels of what acidity and one hundred percent. That's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's from the environment. It's from the height where it's grown mm-hmm. from. It's from the soil. Yeah, the altitude. It's from the soil. It's from what's surrounding been grown there. Yeah, yeah, what's been growing there in the past. What's the the surrounding flora? It, all those factors come into what yeah. to make the notes of the. Just like in wine, like what you were saying, it's yeah. exactly the same thing. Yeah, very similar. Very similar. More cash, more capital, and new customers for your business. That's where Moxie comes in. Moxie Birmingham is a growing community of small businesses helping one another thrive. As a Moxie member, you earn more revenue from brand new customers, not spend your hard-earned revenue on various expenses, and even get a no-interest, no-payment line of credit, all within the Moxie network. As a Moxie member myself, I can tell you that I choose to support other businesses that also accept Moxie. In fact, I've discovered some of my very favorite restaurants, healthcare practitioners, and home and auto service businesses through Moxie. I'm talking Soho Social, Heavenly Donuts, Nothing But Cakes, just to name a few. Go to MoxieBirmingham.com, that's M-O-X-E-Y-B-H-A-M.com. To learn more, Moxie, it's the smarter way to barter. What would you say is your most popular blend that you have at the shop? Blend? Or maybe not blend. Uh, Our most popular single origin is Ethiopia. Almost always. Just because a lot of people know. Because everyone knows that. Ethiopia is and that they're, they're known for coffee. They were the origin of coffee. So a lot of people love it. Right? I like it too. Yeah. 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 Ethiopia is where coffee began. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. There's lots of different m- mythical stories about how it <laughs> how it originated. Really? But basically, there was a guy who was a goat herder. And he, he hurt was, goats? No. Who would hurt goats? Yeah. He hurt goats. He was a goat herder. No, he was a goat herder. And he um, had his goats out. And they were eating these berry the, these uh the fruit of this these bushes around and they started going acting crazy so he started he thought he'd try it so he tried it and he took it back to the local monastery just to, to see what it was because again back in those days uh the the monks were the educated ones so he took took it to them to, to find out exactly what it was they they tried it and it was the same effect they started using it to help them stay up later so they could pray and do their studying and and all the things that they do. So that's where it started. And it kind of spread from there. It spread to the Arabian Peninsula after that, to where, where Yemen is. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the some of the bushes were exported to Yemen. Uh, 
and then it just kind of spread into the to the Arab world mm-hmm. after that. Well, Yemen is the all the roasting, the grinding, and the brewing we owe to Yemeni coffee farmers. Really, yeah. they were the first ones to kind of figure out, hey, I can extract the seed. Some people say it's because of dates, because they would eat dates, and they would always pull the seed out of the date, you know, because you can't yeah. eat the seed of a date. Yeah, so like they na- were like, well, this is candy. a similar fruit. It's a cherry. What in date coffee is an actual thing in the Arabian really? Peninsula. They'll take date seeds, roast them. It's okay. It's fine. It doesn't have a lot of flavor. Yeah. But some people say that, that because they were already doing that with dates, that they just tried it with coffee and and it worked. And it's and gone from there. So the so. first coffee houses were in the Arabian, in yeah. some of the cities yeah. that formed in the uh, in exactly. the Arab world, and then it moved to the, the kind of the Ottoman world. Exactly. And y'all serve a is it Arab? What what kind of coffee is it that you serve with a date? Yeah, that's shop? a Turkish coffee. Yeah, Turkish yeah. Coffee. style. So so the most popular coffee that that uh, that kind of evolved mm-hmm. was Turkish coffee. And it's really fine grounds. Finer that, than espresso. Yeah, finer than exp- than espresso even. You brew it in a, spur- in a <laughs> certain right. way. Basically, it's almost like a like a old pour over with finer grounds, uh, and then you boil it. You boil it to a certain way, mm-hmm. and then you solve you, you serve it with the grounds. Yeah, you pour and, it with. The and typically, still. they would serve it with a sweet of some kind. Yeah, and Turkey, the Ottoman world, they would serve it with like Turkish delight or yeah, something like exactly. that. Exactly. But in the Arab world, they don't have Turkish delight, so they serve, so serve they serve it with a date. Yeah, I saw on y'all's Instagram that. And, and you guys probably had this too, but uh, you were highlighting one of your uh, baristas that had just gotten a certification to be able to um, to detect all the notes and coffee. Yeah, what is that? Uh, those are called certified Q graders. Q graders. And we have two. Yeah. Ruben Parsons, who's our who's our master, our roast master. Is he the Australian? He's Australian. Yeah, 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 he's, he's from Australia. He's, he's yeah, guy. he's a cool guy. And then Joshua, my son Joshua Parvin, he's a certified Q grader also. So we have two. Exactly. And uh, at some point we'll have we'll have more. So are, are they dropping knowledge on you guys? Oh gosh. Always, yeah. All these guys drop knowledge on me. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, these guys are I mean, we, we talk about on our podcast, we talk about it all the time. Brad's don't grow on trees. Brad Brad's not a certified Q grader, but he knows more than everybody about well, coffee. We can thank COVID for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you just go down rabbit holes? No, well, it's because of my olfactor yeah. uh it got destroyed. Yeah, oh, during so. COVID we were gonna we yeah. were gonna send several people to go get certified yeah. in that. And Brad was one of them. I was gonna send Brad and Joshua at the same time. But um, but yeah, COVID messed up. Yeah. His... Is it back? Uh, it is a little bit. Uh, it's it was gone completely for a few months, and it slowly has come back. But there's still no way I can I can pass the test. The My Q, mom the Q has class. that, and she went through this uh, trial at UAB where they were trying to you know mm-hmm. find out how to yeah. get get your smell back, and they were giving her little containers of coffee and other yeah, strong yeah, yeah. strong flavor or strong scents for her to smell and. It hasn't really helped yet, but no. what I've found that that does help is um, it's called liposomal glutathione. I don't know if you maybe have I've tried that. Or I've tried it. a lot of things, but not yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk about it after the show. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, so when did you guys first get into coffee? When did you realize that it was more than just about? This is know, a good. This is a holders. good story. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if we have enough time on this. this <laughs> yeah, well, podcast, we, we've got yeah. plenty of time. Yeah. All right, Brad, tell tell them how you got into yeah. coffee first. Well, um, personally, I didn't really drink coffee much. Um, in my adult life until my wife and I did some, did some community development work in East Africa and Tanzania. There's a lot of good, good coffee there and found this local roaster and started drinking. It was very dark, but that was the first time I was really introduced to kind of higher quality coffee than from, you know, what Starbucks has been doing. So, um, then we came back to the States for a while and then a friend of mine, 
knew this guy. No, we got the when we were in East Africa, we got the overseas bug, and so a friend of mine said, "Hey, I got a buddy who's got this business in this country of Oman, and he's looking for some help. Would you want to go do it?" And so I took a visit, loved it, and you know, fast forward several years, um, met this guy who was roasting this coffee out of Yemen, and it was just incredible. And so we had tried a few different businesses in Oman. Nothing was really catching on. And so a buddy of mine, he and I got together and we're like, hey, we want to do a good business that can help the community, um, but that can kind of be make money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so coffee is a huge part of the Arab world. I mean, it's when you go into an Arab's home, you get coffee, you get fruit, and you sit and talk for hours. It's fantastic. And so we knew that was a great inroad into communities. And so he brought a friend of his uh, from the States who was a roaster. He introduced me to this coffee out of Papua New Guinea. I'll never forget it. I took a drink of it and I said, this is incredible. It tastes like you put fruit juice in here because I'd never tasted coffee that had that much flavor. So before that, you were just familiar with regular. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I had had the Yemen from my friend and it was amazing, Uh, but it wasn't as fruity as this Papua New Guinea coffee. And then so from there, just we started researching and learning and taking classes and um, starting getting introduced into specialty coffee and what that means and how it impacts farmers uh, on the positive way and giving them a a fair price for their coffee. And um, then 2016, um, Josh, that we mentioned earlier. I'll tell him about Josh. Go ahead. So my my son Joshua uh, and we had this other guy that was a a university student named named Hunter, and we talked about him a lot um, when we were talking about our origin story. And so Hunter and Joshua went to do a summer internship with Brad at his coffee business in Oman. And so they came back and they were fired up about coffee. I mean, they were they were fired up about coffee, uh, especially my son, especially Joshua. And so Joshua <laughs> is a very persistent person. <laughs> yes. And so he kept on, Dad, we need to open a coffee business. Dad, because I, I like investing and starting new stuff and doing things like that. And he was like, Dad, we need to start a coffee business. Dad, we need to start a coffee business. So he kept on and kept on. And I was like, well, so when Hunter... When Hunter graduated from college, I hired him to do a feasibility study, and we found out that in this area, it, it's kind of emerging. The it's called third wave is what the this specialty coffee that we're talking about. That's kind of uh, there was first, second, and this is the third wave uh, of this ultra specialty coffee that that we want to get into. And it's there's there's kind of a hole here. There's not that much. There's some places, some roasters. But it's kind of emerging, an emerging market. So we decided it was it was worth it. So I sent Hunter to do a bunch of to learn how to do it, how to roast, how to get into the coffee market. And so um, he did. He learned. He was our first roaster. We bought our we bought a sample roaster and and we put it in the basement of my house. Nice. All right. <laughs> and so we started this company. We started this this company, Baba Java, and we uh, Baba. So my family spent some time in the Middle East also. Uh, doing development work and Brad's family obviously lived in the Middle East. That's how we became such good friends. And then um, the name Baba. Baba means, thank you. <laughs> I lost track of where I was going with that. Baba means father in Arabic. Okay. It means father in a lot of uh, languages, um, but in Arabic it means father. And then of course Java is just a slang word for coffee. So Baba mm-hmm. Java, we thought that was pretty pretty nice. catchy. Yeah, I wonder what that meant. So so um, anyway, so we decided to start it. We were just going to roast it first, and then Brad and his family decided they were going to move back to the U.S. And so 
we so wait, your took plan that was opportunity. To just roast it? We you were just going to open up a shop. We were going to roast and just sell wholesale and oh, online okay. and um, mm -hmm. build it like that way. Um, and then Brad and his family were moving back, and we were like, we're just going to start opening some shops too. Mm -hmm. So so we recruited Brad, and, yeah. and he he was fired up about it. Um, and so Brad is officially our our vice president of operations. So he basically. Yeah is in control of everything yeah yeah i, I like how your the, mindset was we're gonna open up some shops here it's not like we'll try it see how it goes you're yeah. like no we're gonna go all the way <laughs> and, speaking, well, and speaking of you know you don't just have the one in hoover which is the yeah. one that i that i frequent the most yeah. what are your other locations and what do you have upcoming wow so we have another location in montevallo we mm -hmm. we wanted to get into some college towns and so we we had this opportunity to drop in our lap there was a coffee shop in the it's a small you know the university of montevallo is yeah. a small university uh, the town's like super small, mm -hmm. but um, this coffee shop was about to, the guy was going to have to close it. So it was already kind of, kind of a coffee shop anyway. Mm -hmm. So it kind of dropped in our lap the, in Montebello. The rent was pretty cheap. So, I bet, yeah. so we said, Hey, we'll just go for it and see how yeah. it works in a college town. Yeah. Uh, see if we want to do it, you know, in another, in another bigger college town. So anyway, uh, Montevallo, and then we, we're about to open up another shop. It's being built out right now. And uh, the, uh, but right at the end of Highway 119, 280, um, it's the area called Meadowbrook. We call mm -hmm. it Baba yeah. Java Meadowbrook is yeah. what we're going to call yeah. it. So it's going to be opening up for probably the 1st of September if everything goes That's as a good location because yeah. you got the Publix across the way. It seems like that's kind of a high traffic area it, and yeah, it's it is. still growing. That's right. We always wanted to be on 280. And, and we actually, we have an Airstream that we go out. And we had an Airstream that we put on 280 at one time. And it just didn't work well. Just So on 280... There's it's such high volume traffic, people. It, it's hard to pull off and get back That's on and things like that. Yeah. So so it's hard to get a business really going there like this small business that that, that yeah. revolves around volume exactly. like like co what coffee does, and we couldn't get it. But we wanted to be in that area because there's so many people that love our coffee there, mm -hmm. and so this was a perfect place. It's not on 280, but it's exactly. real close, so we get all the businesses and the neighborhoods around exactly. there, and it's a new a new a new uh, building. Uh, so we thought it would be a perfect, perfect place to open. And it has been. And and not only we're going to, we open in Baba Java coffee there, we're opening up, a, we're partnering with pop bar. Pop bar is a um, gourmet, gourmet popsicle, gourmet gelato popsicles popsicle, and milkshakes. Yeah. And so um, there's a guy named Ruben Ben Yehuda, who's from Milan, Italy. And he, op he started this company called pop bar in mm -hmm. New York. And so we're partnering with them and we're going to have pop bar in our Baba Java coffee. Excellent. Yeah. So, a little collaboration. We, yeah, exactly. We, we thought we would, we always wanted to have gelato. We, we always wanted to, we actually tried with a little gelato machine at yeah. Uber before and we just could never figure it out to do it, to yeah. do it exactly right. So this is going to be perfect. We think it's going to bring a little, little extra source of revenue. It'll be something kind of complements coffee. Well, because Definitely. it's uh, you know, ice cream is more of a, for when it's hot weather, coffee is more when it's cold weather, yeah. morning and night. So we thought it would complement what we do already really well. Yeah, kinda, and these are a few of my favorite things. I, exactly. I, I know, same, same. Yeah. I'm going to gain weight from it, so uh, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> the but. great thing about Pop Bar, too, that it's all natural ingredients. There's, yeah. um, there's mm. no... Uh, weird stuff in it which is nice uh we could we're able to he's allowing us to use local fruit in our uh mixes which cool. is really cool so we're excited about it. and you can get a proper affogato when you're there if you know what an affogato is what's that so it's gelato with espresso poured over it. oh say less it's so it's good unbelievable <laughs> it's so good great. it's unbelievable yeah. and uh you said you might have some or you have some upcoming openings as well yeah downtown 
There is a so Alabama Power owns a owns a building called the Powell Steam Plant. Um, oh, is it going to be in there? Right yeah. across Ooh, from Railroad Park. Project they've been working on for a long, long time. time. Yeah, long yes. time, long time, long awesome, time. What a so, great spot. So finally, it's a historic building, and so it has to go through a lot of federal. It's federally regulated through yeah, the exactly. National Park Service. Yeah, National Park mm. Service. And so there's a lot of extra hoops you have to jump I through bet, for. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's why it's taken so long to kind of develop it. But so anyway, they also have a theater in there. Or something. Yeah, there will be, yeah. be a Alamo draft Al- house. Draft yeah. house. Alamo draft house. So it's going to be a draft house. There's, we just found out the right our our next door neighbor is going to be. Um, um, what did she say it was? It was. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't. Remember. Um, like a. Uh, like a like almost like a pub it was yeah an irish pub like an irish pub or something like that. Uh, it's from boston from boston yeah interesting yeah and then we're gonna be we're gonna be right on the side of 18th street facing Mm -hmm. railroad park Mm -hmm. which is a really good location for us so so anyway we're gonna be there and Next and, year, um, Revelator just closed down. So yeah, that's, kind of yeah a, that's true. That's kind of a, that's true. A coffee yeah. abruptly, as yeah, yeah so I yeah. heard. They just left a note on the door with kind of they no, didn't even tell their they didn't even tell their employees oh, they were closing. Yeah, they were open that's one day, didn't tell the employees anything, shut the door, moved everything out yeah. the next day. This isn't going to turn into a smear Revelator show. <laughs> oh no, what, no, no, sorry. no, no, no. But, but what I read is that <laughs> they went from being like the number twelfth ranked coffee shop in America, and then. Now they only have a location left, I think, in what Tuscaloosa and somewhere else. It's, yeah, they're out of Atlanta. Atlanta thing. Yeah, yeah they're they're Atlanta. Atlanta. what happened? They blended with Oct. They bought Octane. They bought or Octane. Like yeah. that. I remember Octane from Atlanta when I they lived bought there. Octane, but, yeah, yeah. yeah Revel- Revel- Revelator started in Atlanta also, and so they had started buying. Uh, they bought Octane, so they had all the Octane stores, and the one in Birmingham actually was an Octane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. So our anyway, head barista, uh, Abby, used to work for them. So, yeah, oh, she really? that, yeah. that we recruited her from Octane. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Uh, and it, right right after Revelator bought them is when exactly. is when we we she's recruited one her. of my uh, favorite friendly faces to see in there. Abby's just always bright and happy. happy. Yeah, she, she, is. she she knows she's your name. Great. That's very all true. you guys do actually. Yeah. That's why I feel like it's my uh, it's my cheers. <laughs> it, is, it really <laughs> is. Yeah, I mean we want to be like that. That's right. That's the goal so, of the yeah. Shop. So we want to have excellent coffee. That's number. Number one, excellent coffee, ex- excellent customer service. We want it to be like Cheers, where everybody knows your name, where we greet people, and we want we want people to feel comfortable and like it's their second home. I mean, mm-hmm. we really do because. Yeah. And yeah. actually, I, I get so used to people knowing my name in there. Whenever I go in and there's like a new person working, and they ask me my name, I'm like, oh, yeah, "How dare you? <laughs> you you know, should know me. Do you, do you don't know who I am." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> But um, all right, so we got the downtown location coming up. Yeah, we'll probably be opening. Uh, it'll be twenty twenty four sometime. Yeah. We we were supposed to get the get it to start to build out in January, and she said they're already three months behind. Yeah. So I'd say twelve to fourteen months from now. Is yeah, a good yeah, guesstimate. it'll be this time next year where yeah. maybe we'll start building out, yeah. and by the end of next year, we think we'll we'll be able to exactly. open up. They're expecting the draft house to open by December of next year, twenty hmm. four. So. Hopefully we're before a little bit before that yeah. would be nice. Yeah, we were hoping to be in 2024 sometime, so yeah. that's when it's going to be. And then we have another possible place in Homewood that we're still working out the details. We haven't officially signed the lease yet, right? But hopefully we'll have we'll have more de- more information on that pretty soon. Yeah. There you go. So you are creating a coffee empire. Well, uh, trying to. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I like right. it. But well, y'all don't y'all don't only have your own locations. You also supply coffee right. for other coffee shops such as copper train and alabaster which i'm a big fan of copper train oh yeah right? yeah we, you know, um, we've talked about uh us having sweet a sweet tooth and they have <laughs> some really good yeah treats dakota's in there, dakota's an incredible baker she's uh she trained i think here at the virginia culinary institute so she's a local girl through and through but uh yeah the stuff she comes up with is amazing um she does our our croissant sandwiches our breakfast sandwiches for mm. us in the morning she does our cinnamon rolls um savory scones um 
we're going to have chicken salad soon. Nathan, are you oh, excited yes, about I that? Yes, I love chicken oh, salad. salad. I I love yeah. She's going to start doing some chicken salad sandwiches for us. So uh, she's fantastic. Yeah, her place is great. We have uh, another shop, believe it or not, in Fayette, Alabama. It's mm. called the Only Door Cafe. She's doing great stuff up there. She's also a baker and wanted good coffee. So we love people like that. And then we have a place out in Adamsville. So we yeah. like these small towns. Yeah. Uh, Seven Angels Cafe, Tony out there. He's uh, he's a great guy. He's he's into like the the health side. So he does a lot of smoothies and shakes. And he's a fitness guy, kind of like you, Chase. So he's big <laughs> into that. Yeah. <laughs> he's big into that. So uh, uh, Cineholic down at Lee Branch. They're using our coffee oh, do down they? there. Yeah. I haven't tried that place yeah. yet, but I've been wanting to. Vegan cinnamon rolls. Yeah. So, hmm. which you would never know when you taste it. Yeah, so they taste really good. They're yeah. really yeah. good. Uh, and then we also help out uh, a few churches in town with coffee. And um, so, yeah, we're. We love to help people with coffee. I mean, it's a huge part of what we do. Um, when I was in Oman, we started, you know, our first thing we started doing was just selling roasted coffee to coffee shops and restaurants and stuff. And But we soon found out that, well, I'll give you an example. We took one to this restaurant. It was owned by this Scottish guy. It was fantastic food. And his breakfast was great. So we sold him some coffee. Uh, and then he called me back a few days later and was like, hey, man, this coffee is tasting terrible. And I was like, well, I know the coffee's not bad, so something's going on. So me and my colleague, his name's Brad, too, we went down there. We got his baristas to make us an espresso. It tasted terrible. And so we actually went, I asked him, I was like, can I go behind the bar and help them? He's like, oh, yeah, please. So, you know, they were, I can't remember the exact recipe they were doing, but it wasn't, they weren't doing it correctly. So, so that was the first time we actually had to teach baristas how to make coffee properly and that led into really more of a consulting type role with what we were trying to do so we would then we started selling people coffee but also offering to train their baristas and many times unfortunately it meant that we were having to clean their machines yeah (laughs) i went into this one place and the coffee was just tasting burnt and even after i was making it i was like what is going on and without going into super detail there's a there's a screen on espresso machines that the water kind of it makes the water what's the shower onto the okay, uh, yeah. coffee so i pulled that screen off it was black and it's supposed to be <laughs> oh, silver clear yeah and i had no, they probably never cleaned it ever and so clean that put it back on made it and it was amazing so you know we <laughs> had to we we found out that we had to basically train from how to make the coffee, how to serve it, how to take care of your equipment. And even on the customer service side, we were doing, I've been with cafe layout, menu development, and those type of things. So when we came here and started Baba Java, we knew that we wanted to have excellent customer service, like Nathan was saying. Excellent coffee, excellent customer service, excellent education. Education. That's the formula. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. And so when we, now, when you, when we sell you coffee, we're not just going to drop coffee and leave. We're going to sell you coffee, but we're also going to help you with whatever you need for your shop to be excellent. So, yeah. Well, so we huge. sell them coffee, and if they if they if it says may, serving Baba Java coffee and they make crap, yeah, because they don't know how to brew it or everything's dirty or they're uh-huh. not doing it right, then it makes us look bad. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we want them to be the best they can. It helps them to be the best they can be. Yeah. But it also helps us to be the best we can be exactly yeah so we want to help so we call it our our sales team is called our customer service team uh our client client services services team team. sorry (laughs) so our client services team is full service so we sell the coffee we 
help them with exactly what they need to do. We train baristas. If we're, mm -hmm. if we're selling to a coffee shop, we'll, we'll train the baristas in our shops. Yeah. So they know exactly what they're doing. We help them. Brad knows everything about coffee equipment. He researches <laughs> constantly about coffee equipment. Yeah. He helps them pick out equipment and, and what equipment they need to buy. So it's full service. So yeah. our client services team really does a great job. Very nice. I started drinking coffee later in life and I thought it was just one of those things where you had to put stuff in it to make it taste good. I kind of like uh, seasoning meat, you know, it's, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta dress it up to make it taste good. Yeah. But then I learned that, well, you know, if you're getting a really high quality cut of meat, you can just put a little salt and bring out the natural yeah, flavors. Mm -hmm. And it seems like coffee is kind of yeah. the same thing. Very if you're similar. getting, you're starting out with a great bean, a great product, and then you're doing it the right way, then you don't have to put the cream in it. You don't have to, I mean, of course that's fun to do if you want some, you know, some new flavor. Like I love uh, the Lando. Which I, oh, think, yeah. I think it's not, yeah. even, it's it's not even on yeah. the menu no, anymore. It's a seasonal I think, drink, yeah. but I still ask for it. And that, still yeah, make they'll it make it. If we have the stuff, we'll make it for yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah. the coffee that you get there, you don't have to put anything in it. It's good how it is. But um, but yeah, speaking of the Lando, what what goes into that? How I mean, it's? Do you remember off the top of your head? I know it's got like a sliced it, orange peel and some cinnamon. It had a vanilla syrup, if I'm not mistaken. So Landon, who works for us, makes all of our syrups. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he creates syrup, all of our syrups, and the flavors yeah, of he, our syrups and things like that. Yeah. And that's that's basically his. He works with main Abby, who's our head barista. They work together to figure out the seasonal menu because that we have our our basic menu, which is you know our espresso based drinks, and then we have our pour over and we have our drip and we have Turkish. So that's our basic menu, and then from there we have some of our signature lattes that we're kind of known for, and then we have our seasonal menu, which changes every season we have four of those a year and so uh abby and landon and he has some other people helping him on the syrup side so they get together and they kind of collaborate on what flavors would do well for this season and so um that was the lando was the first one i think that he actually had input in on because it was last year a couple years ago I and that's why it's called lando, that's why lando. It's called yeah, lando yeah. because he he kind of invented it so but now I guess every drink can be called Lando because he's inventing all of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we started making our own syrups um, last year, and it's been a huge success. Uh, it helps us control the ingredients. And again, we're only using natural stuff in it. That's so, huge. Um, and Lando just keeps getting better and better at it. And you know, you can taste the difference for sure when you have you know homemade syrups and you know, yeah. cares being taken care. You know exactly what's in the what, in, what's yeah, exactly. in the syrup. What's going into you, it? You know yeah. when you buy something commercially, you don't. You know it can yeah, say whatever. Well, it'll say natural you flavors. You don't know what's in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if we do exactly. it. We know what's in it. So exactly. Yeah. So as far as espresso goes, I really enjoy some espresso now and then. Yeah. Kind of talk about the difference between espresso and you know say regular coffee. I know it's you, you talked about it's the ratio of water to yeah. beans, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. So um, one thing I have to make sure everyone knows that it's not espresso, it's espresso. Um, yeah, set the record straight. Yeah, on that's that right. One. That's right. Um, we do in our shop. We use the kind of the Italian names for all the drinks. So we have espresso. We have a macchiato, which is uh, a real macchiato. It's only three ounces, not the the green mermaid version, which is a large latte. So macchiato means marked. So if you know, it's just it's supposed to be a short. Espresso drink with just a little milk that dots the top of it. So, mm. um, but yeah, espressos, it's one of the hardest drinks to make because there's so many variables that can affect it. Really? So, because of 
you know, anytime you're working any, anywhere in any part of the life, when you're working with hot water and pressure, things can go wrong. <laughs> and there's a lot, you know, nine bars, nine to 12 bars of pressure. We, 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 our machine set at nine bars, but nine bars of pressure of boiling water through what could go wrong? Coffee bee. Exactly. <laughs> a lot can go wrong. So, uh, essentially, you know, it's, it's super finely ground coffee that's packed with what's called a tamper and that gets locked into the machine and there's a gasket in there that creates the seal between the screen, which is called a portal filter and the group head, which is where the water comes out. So you, our machine is quite nice because we can control how much coffee is brewed because there's scales in the drip tray, which is really nice. So when the coffee brews, we tell it we want to stop at 39 grams and it stops at 39 grams. So, um, but there's a lot of, I mean, everybody's got their own espresso recipe. So the traditional Italian recipe is seven grams of coffee to 14 grams of water. Mm. That's to the traditional, um, but not 14. Sorry. It's double that 28. So we, in the specialty world, it's changed a lot uh, because, and especially coffee, especially with uh, modern machines, we can control extraction. We can change, you know, water temperature, uh, we can change how much pressure goes through the through the uh, portafilter, and there's a lot of variables that go into it. Weather can affect your can affect your coffee. Really? Yeah. So even from the first of the day. Oh yeah, to no the doubt. end of the day no or doubt. the middle of the day. Alabama's during the summer is tough because humidity can make the beans swell slightly, and when they're sitting in the hopper, so that'll affect the grind. And if it affects the grind, then it's definitely going to affect the brewing. So it's we, I tell people all the time, especially new shops, I say, whatever you, whatever your budget is for your shop, you're the first thing you got to buy is a good grinder and then everything else should flow from there. Because if your grinder is not good, the, no, there's no, uh, super fancy machine that's going to make up for a bad grinder Yeah, because it's still in the end, it's just water flowing over coffee seed. So and what's the machine? This I guess it's kind of like the gold standard for espresso machine, like La Marzocca. La Marzocca is what we use. They have been the standard, and uh, it's one of the best ones. Yeah, for a they've long been time. the standard for a long time. There are some really good machines out there, though. The, um, the, the Italians invented the espresso exactly. machine, and and so that's why that. So they invented the espresso machine. Can you imagine the first guy saying, "I gotta, I'm gonna figure out a way to." to pressure this boiling water through this I coffee. Know. I don't know. How yeah. am I going to do that? And they, it's crazy. And so they experiment and how yeah. many scalds happen oh, because I know. of that? Oh, I bet. <laughs> my, my buddy uh, opened up a shop in another city and um, he, he was like, guess how much this machine cost? And his was just, I think, maybe like a one or a two station. He's uh -huh. like, now keep in mind, it is the Ferrari of yeah. espresso yeah. machines. And I was like, I don't know, $5,000. And he just laughed at me. No, I think it was, it I was wish. something, it was, I wish it was, it, it, it was over 20,000. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easily, oh, yeah. If you have are. a really good one. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you have two or three group heads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Italy still makes the best press machines yeah. for sure. Uh, there are some, some U S companies that have started doing it, but yeah, they just haven't caught up to what the Italians are doing. So they've been doing it for so long. They're exactly. There's the best perfected. It's so, yeah. like sports cars. Exactly. Y'all yeah. mentioned earlier about the, um, about sourcing coffee from specialty farms. Or, yeah, from, from specialty farms. Yeah. It's uh, it's better and it's more fair for the farmer. Correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Talk about that for it's a minute. It's a huge how, how does it, part of it. How does that have an effect on the farmer? Well, if you're in the, if they're just making commodity beans, what they, the price they get for their coffee 
It's just dependent upon the market. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if there's a lot of beans one year, it's a great harvest. They don't get as much money for for this yeah. for their coffee. If you're making specialty beans, the quality determines how much the price is. Exactly. So the better the quality, the more you get for your efforts. Okay. That seems fair. So X amount of coffee, commodity, you get whatever the market says. X amount of money for specialty, it depends on how good it is. If it's really good, you get a lot of money for it. Exactly. So you get a lot more money for the same amount of effort and work (laughs) as you would for commodity or specialty. So it really impacts communities, it impacts the farmers' lives, it impacts their families, it impacts their communities to have the best life they can have if we teach them how to do specialty specialty coffee. Yeah. Um, so that there's a lot of people and companies and consultants all around the world that basically that. try to to hammer into farmers' brains <laughs> how to do exactly specialty coffee because it's going to make their community them their families and their communities a lot exactly. better if they do specialty coffee. And that's what people want now. I mean, we're in third wave now. You know, that's what most consumers, and yeah. especially in the, you know, the developed world, yeah. they, that's what we want now is, yeah. is better, better quality coffee. I'll give you a story from one of our partners. Um, his name's Andrew Nicholson. Um, he's been working in Yemen for a while. That's who we get our Yemen coffee yep. from. And when he first went to these coffee farms in the, I mean, these mountains in Yemen are like 8,000 feet above they're very high and he went and talked to them and uh, when he got there when they would harvest coffee they would just strip the trees bare so ripe and unripe they would just take it all Mm. and they would just sell it all as one big lump all right and he went up there and he, he was trying he was telling them hey if you only pick the ripe ones and sell only the ripe you'll be able to harvest multiple times throughout the year and you'll get a better price because like Nathan said, the quality will be better and they didn't know this, but riper cherries are heavier than unripe cherries. Interesting. And so if they do it by weight, some, some co-ops will do it by weight, then they'll get a better price for that. And so he started teaching them. So that it goes even to harvesting techniques and how to harvest, when to harvest, uh, and then to the processing, how to ferment your coffee, uh, the, the cherry, to to try to get as much flavor into that seed as possible. It has to be fermented just like grapes. And um, then how to extract that seed. I mean, all along those processes, if it's done well, you can get really good coffee out of your, out of your crop. And he said that the first time he served their coffee to them from only ripe cherries, he said they were, they couldn't believe it. They were like, oh, there must be uh, some fruit in here or something that you put in here. He's yeah. like, no, this is your coffee. All I did was roast it and grind it and serve it to you. And, and they so made a whole cherries. Is that another yeah. name for? Yeah, the fruit. Okay. It's gotcha. the fruit. Because yeah. the coffee is a fruit. The seed is the So, from so the we fruit, call so. it coffee beans. Well, the general term is coffee beans, but yeah. they're really seeds. Yeah, it is a seed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. a fruit. Yeah. More cash, more capital, and new customers for your business. That's where Moxie comes in. Moxie Birmingham is a growing community of small businesses helping one another thrive. As a Moxie member, you earn more revenue from brand new customers, not spend your hard-earned revenue on various expenses, and even get a no-interest, no-payment line of credit, all within the Moxie network. As a Moxie member myself, 
I can tell you that I choose to support other businesses that also accept Moxie. In fact, I've discovered some of my very favorite restaurants, healthcare practitioners, and home and auto service businesses through Moxie. I'm talking Soho Social, Heavenly Donuts, Nothing But Cakes, just to name a few. Go to moxiebirmingham.com, that's M-O-X-E-Y-B-H-A-M.com to learn more. Moxie, it's the smarter way to barter. Another thing I want to point out about Baba Java that I've noticed is, so I'll compare it to your average coffee shop, maybe the Green Mermaid, for instance. (laughs) Um, When you go in one of those shops, it seems like people are by themselves. They might have headphones in, they might be working, Mm -hmm. they might Mm be just, they're by themselves. No one's having a conversation. But when you go in Baba Java, it's quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Every, no one's in there just with headphones in. It's all about social. It's like small group. Small groups are meeting. People are talking about their days. It's like people go there to meet other people as opposed to just going to be by themselves. What do you, Why do you think that is? Coffee is naturally relational. So we 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 were in the Arab world. Brad Brad's family and my family. We were in the Arab world, and when you go to someone's house, they serve you coffee and you talk and you form and you cultivate that relationship so so we want our coffee to cultivate relationships we want it to cultivate our communities to be the best they can be i mean that's our philosophy from the very very beginning we really wanted to make our money like doing wholesale and online Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and we wanted our cafes to be for the community so people can have a place to come in meet other people and just make relationships better i mean Mm -hmm. it's so relational coffee is so relational because it makes people it it gives people joy i mean that's why we love it so much because we do something that gives people joy it helps their lives to be better and that's i mean how how can you not want to do that for other people (laughs) so yeah it's natural relational that's the whole reason we wanted to start these these uh, cafes so that people could have better relationships we cultivate those so that their communities can be the best they can be i I think that uh, along that i think from the beginning, building a uh, culture of customer service. Yeah. And I think having baristas and management who have bought into that and because we're relational with the customers too. Yeah. I mean, as you know, Chase, you talked about that earlier. So, you know, I think that kind of builds or develops or whatever the word is, maintains a, a culture of just friendship and relationship throughout the, the coffee shop. So. And so as our farmers are cultivating their crops of their coffee, we want to cultivate relationships in our cafes. Very nice. So we want it to be wow. all along the way, <laughs> cultivation of making people's lives the best they can be. I, it's almost, I mean, it's almost like the higher, the higher quality, the product, the higher quality, the relationship in a way. Yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier about the, uh, your Airstream. You'll keep it parked down here in River Chase, don't you? I pass it all Yeah, the we have. So, so that's our warehouse. Our warehouse, where the, the road you pass, old old um, well, Montgomery, Montgomery yeah. Highway. That's where our warehouse, where our roaster is. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So we roast we roast most of our coffee back there. Yeah. We have a roaster at, at Hoover because that's where our first roaster was. Yeah. And then then we we had more volume, which is great. So we had to have a, a warehouse space, where we roast. Yeah. So, and we're outgrowing that too. So anyway. <laughs> But with the Airstream, is that something that's that y'all set up at events or what, what yeah. do y'all do Correct. with that? Yeah, we do events. You want to talk about that, Brad? Yeah. Uh, we've bought, uh, we bought two Airstreams a few years ago. One was bigger. It was a, what, a 20, 22 Six, foot, 26, 26 foot. Mm-hmm. And then this one's a 820, a 20 foot one. 20, yeah. And so the big one, 
um, we had it built out and then we didn't know that there were yeah, we screwed up with it. Yeah. And we had this, you know, 500 pound generator sitting on the back, and one day it just collapsed. Ooh. The whole frame. Yeah. So, <laughs> were you driving? It, I wasn't. Uh, our, we, the guy that was guy in charge was of it at that time, he was, he was driving, yeah, he was driving was, and it just it fell just, on the road. Yeah. It was a big it was deal. Bad. I bet. So, anyway, so we, then we had this smaller one built out, and uh, it's been great. Um, it has solar panels on it to help charge the, it has batteries in it. So, we want to try to use as little generator as we can on that one but yeah we take it to events we weddings is huge for weddings uh wedding season comes we have a lot of requests for it um we've done office parties with it we've taken it to um uh, we take it to a few farmers markets those aren't as as big of which is interesting you would think a farmer's market yeah, would yeah, be, but like i don't know why but we we haven't done well at those places so yeah. But uh, weddings and, and office events have been huge for yeah. us with that. Any any events um, we, we we when we take it to usually does yeah. pretty well because yeah. it's really cool the way we way we kind of decorated it. Yeah, the, it, airstreams are cool anyway because they're yeah. that silver. They're eye yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we we put the Baba Java logo stuff on it and it looks yeah. really cool. Yeah, so, it does look good. Yeah, you know, caffeine hits everyone differently, right? No doubt. I'm one who uh, what I learned when I was doing functional medicine is that everyone <laughs> metabolizes caffeine differently. Um, some people are fast caffeine metabolizers. Others are slow. I'm a slow, meaning that coffee hits me harder. You know, like the caffeine, mm. I, like I really feel it. It gets me jazzed up, and I start talking fast and stumbling over my words. But uh, <laughs> so I have to edit up the podcast a lot. But and then others, like my wife, for instance, we can drink the exact same amount of coffee, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't feel anything." Yeah, and, that's me. Oh, really? Yeah. I, it, you don't feel anything. Caffeine never affects me, and I really? wish it did. Really? Yeah, I I've never. It never is done. Yeah, it's like dumping a, dumping a drill sergeant on my throat. Yeah. I get so much done. I could, no, yeah. I could have yeah. four espressos before bed and I'd still sleep. I really? Don't, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What about you? So it it gives me a little energy, but it's not it's not like woo, you know crazy stuff. So, but I, and I can still drink it before bed and not and not I can go to sleep. But it but it gives me it doesn't make me more hyper. But it makes me just feel better. I don't know. Just hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I wouldn't say it hyper, but um, if I drank it at three o'clock, I wouldn't sleep until midnight probably. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but what I have noticed is that different coffees make me feel a little bit different. Yeah. And the re- one reason that I am, am such an advocate for Baba Java is that that doesn't give me that crash that some okay. coffees do. And I'm, I think I'm just kind of, uh, okay. I'm just really, I don't want to say sensitive to caffeine, but I guess I am. Um, when I've had uh, what I what I assume now to be commodity coffee, after a few hours when it wears off, I just feel kind of mm, not yeah. great. Okay. And what I learned about caffeine is that it gives you, for people who are really sensitive to it, it gives you like a, a dopamine hit. Okay. Which is great. And that's why you feel good and you want to talk. And then um, it, it goes on for a while. And then when it wears off, you don't just go back down to baseline if it's like a lower quality coffee, you'll go down below baseline into what they call a dopamine deficit. Interesting. So that's when I get sweet cravings and I'll start like <laughs> oh, looking yeah. for like sugar to get yeah. another dopamine hit. But higher quality coffee doesn't affect me that way. It's more hmm. like a smooth, smooth energy throughout the day. And, and I feel awesome. good. Yeah. That's I wish, great. I wish I knew the science behind that. Yeah. yeah I wish be, I did too. I should have studied about that a little more. Yeah. So I didn't even I'll look into that. We'll, that would be an interesting research. Yeah, for sure. Be. Yeah, well, well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't know. I wonder if it's the quality it. of the coffee, if it's the roast level. Maybe it's both. Uh, the reason I say roast level is so most coffees have basically the same amount of caffeine in it. Um, 
but when you the longer you roast your coffee, the less mass you know some of the a lot of the mass gets burned off, and so your percentage of caffeine to the mass increases. The caffeine doesn't change, of course, but the percentage of it to the mass increases. So that's why people say, and it's somewhat true, that darker roasted coffee tends to have a little bit more caffeine in it because you have to use more coffee to get the same amount. Like if I had 20 grams of medium roasted and 20 grams of darker roasted of the same coffee, well, the 20 grams of uh, darker roasted is going to be more beans in that because there's less mass. And so, therefore, the caffeine level would be a little higher in a darker roasted coffee. So, I don't know if that has something to do with it. Or Yeah, I've theorized that, um, you know, there are a lot of studies that came out talking about uh, when you grill meat, mm-hmm. you know, the area, the sections that get charred. Yeah, and burnt, yeah. That's carcinogenic. Yeah, so, yeah. if you eat that part, it's really bad for you. Yeah. Um, I wonder if these places that, that actually do burn the beans and char the beans, if it's a similar thing. Where uh, that's maybe. Actually not, that's what we're going to say. Yeah. yeah, we're going to well, say yeah, that's, that's true. Going, so if you burn the beans, it's carcinogenic. <laughs> don't buy any of that coffee. <laughs> Only medium roast Baba Java exactly. coffee. Exactly. None of it's carcinogenic. It's, all, it's good for you. It's a health, it's a health tonic. Yes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That's exactly that's right. If you go to the Green Mermaid, they burn their beans and it's carcinogenic. <laughs> Just everybody, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great. I like it. So do you guys live in Hoover or do y'all live around? No, we live on the uh, Highway 119 area. I live in the Indian Springs area and uh, Brad lives in Meadowbrook, which is at the end of 119. Love that. Yeah. Do y'all have any favorite restaurants around the area? Oh, gosh. Yes. Because this is is Discover Birmingham. Yes. It's kind of Birmingham themed. So we love, my wife loves to go to Chuck's Fish. She loves Mm. Chuck's Fish. And I know there's, there's a one in Tuscaloosa and I think there's one at the coast and there's one here, but we love to go to Chuck's Fish. Because uh, yeah. they they and it's pretty fresh straight from the straight from the Gulf Coast and uh, yeah. so they have different things there like she likes some of their cocktails that they have and so Chuck's Fish is one of our go tos uh, uh, for a chain we like to go to um, Perry's yeah yeah it's a strong and we went the other night yeah. and uh, speaking of sweet tooth they have this. Um, what is it? It's got a homemade marshmallow on top. It's oh, oh it's yeah, Rocky yeah, Road yeah, bread. Yeah, oh yeah. man, that, that sounds so incredible. Oh yeah, that man, it's so good. So and good. you it's, have to split it. It's I know, I know, huge. I know. And then yeah, what's the place with the pork pork chop? It's called that's, that's oh Perry's. Perry's. That's, that's that's what too. I was just yeah. yeah that's Perry's too. I, I mean that I, the pork chop. That I love the pork chop. Yeah, but so I can't good. eat the whole thing when I get it. So. You know, you got lunch and dinner. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they also have this, this an appetizer. You can get the pork chop uh, skewers. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's right. That. I get yeah. that almost every time, too. Yeah. So if I get a, if I want to get a steak or something else, I'll get those because I love the pork chops. Yeah, so good, man. It's one of the best with that pork little, chops. With the sauce and the little applesauce yeah, of that. Yeah, that applesauce stuff. Yeah, man, that's great. Do you all ever venture downtown for any of those restaurants? Yes. We, we're we huge fans of Brick and Tin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kerrigan's is also very good. We've been there. Yeah, the Kerrigan's corn dog is mean. All right, I've heard about it. All right, I love a good corn dog too. Yeah, I had um, Lee Pantasis on recently, who owns Gus's Hot Dog. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, he's a good dude. And he was even he is a huge fan of the Kerrigan's. Really, with him being a hot dog connoisseur, he he even has his own Instagram account called called Alabama Hot Dogs. Oh, he's like, I mean, he's like rating hot dogs, and so he's a big fan of that Kerrigan's corn dog too. All right, I've got to check that out. All right, we we get we get sausage and biscuits from uh, uh, Tony's Hot Dogs down the street from mm, us. Okay. I don't know if you've ever been to their place. No. They they win like best hamburger every year. Yeah, almost. their burger is amazing. Their cheeseburger is incredible. They it's have like, 
huge. It's like the size of your head. They have a Philly cheese uh, breakfast wrap with oh, eggs yeah. and Philly cheese steak. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's man. so yeah. good. That's a good local spot for sure. Another one. Where do y'all get y'all scones from? Is it? Highland Gourmet. Highland yeah. Gourmet scones, which is right on scones. 118. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. I got my mom a 10 of those for Christmas, and I think I ended up eating most of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So they are good, they're and they've good. got lots of different choices and flavors. So, yeah, yeah they're good. There's another pretty good uh, breakfast spot that opened up not too long ago in Brock's Gap uh, called Biscuit Belly. Huh. I've heard of that. I've heard of this place. I've there. never been. It's pretty good. I've heard of it. Anything though. called biscuit belly yeah. has to be good. Yeah, yeah. they have a brisket biscuit. That's, uh, a brisket biscuit. Mm-hmm. See, nice. you're making us hungry now. I yeah. know. Man. I know. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, we're we're huge fans of um, Baja Burger. Oh yeah, which is yeah. I love Baja. Us. I started place. going to Baja when they were at the Colonnade. I worked. Yeah, at, I worked real close to there, and I would go yeah, to the Colonnade. First time I ever had yeah. them too. Yeah. Yeah. Their their buffalo chicken sandwich is unbelievable. They have good catfish. They have catfish good burgers. Yeah, their catfish sandwich. I, their burgers are good, but I actually like their. They, they make the little mini burgers with oh, the yeah. sister Schubert's rolls. Yeah, I like their. Uh, it's called the Farmer, I think. Oh it's yeah, that turkey, turkey with yep. the fried egg. Yep. On it. that's really so good, good man. man. Yeah, yeah, really good. Where? Oh, do y'all ever eat at Dale's across? The street? I've eaten there before, but it's One been time. years. I it's need to try that time. again. Yeah, it's just right across the street from us. I like there. good southern yeah. food like that, and they give you giant portions for one thing. Yeah, and. The guy that I guess he's the general manager, his name's Dave, really young guy. We don't eat there that often, but he knows my name on the phone. Like, I'll call oh. and he's like, Chase, what's up, man? Oh, he's, wow. he's one of those. He's like great at customer oh, service. That's, that's so he's good. He's really good at it. And then um, we're uh, having lived in the Arab world, we're always looking for good Arab food. Oh, and uh, the Falafel Cafe, which is close to Dale's. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just try that if you down. like authentic Palestinian type. Type falafel, it's really it's unbelievable. Good. I haven't tried that. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. They've got good shawarma, good falafel. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, hum- I usually get the shawarma. Is really good. Hummus is good. I get the shawarma bowl. Yeah, so it's got same. hummus and tahini and the chicken and, in it. It's yeah, it's really good. So if you like that type of food, yeah, there's one downtown uh, next to UAB, and then they they just opened this one up. Yeah, a few like months, ago. months ago. Yeah. yeah, that's across the street from us. So yeah, nice, nice. Have you all ever tried East West downtown? I've mm-hmm. heard of it. Never had Man, it. Man, that's a strong choice. Is it? Oh, yeah. It's, what what it's type like of food? Asian fusion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have those uh, buns. Yeah. They have, um, they have bowls and all kinds. It's kind of like upscale Asian fusion. It's, it's a strong. I love stuff I like that. It's definitely top three. Yeah. All right. Really? Top three? Wow. Absolutely. All right. Have you had the automatic? Yeah. Katie and I are going. Uh, automatic. That's, that's it's good seafood. Night. It's really good seafood. Yeah, they have this. Uh, it's called fish collar. Yeah, y'all had that? I haven't had that. It's one. an appetizer, but it's uh, it's really you know this part of the yeah, fish. Yeah, but it's fried, and they have the sauce on it that's just out of this world. Yeah, I've only been there once, but it was incredible. And they get they like get it fresh from the Gulf daily. It's really good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Where is that? It's on Southside. Okay. Yeah. Kind of almost almost towards Avondale. Really? Yeah, okay. It is. Yeah. That's okay. right. Yeah. Well, that's check really that good. Out. Since uh, since y'all also have sweet tooth, sweet teeth, uh, yeah. <laughs> do y'all have any favorite dessert dessert spots? Oh, people in Tennessee, that's the sweet, sweet teeth. teeth. Yeah. yeah, they have no teeth. I mean. <laughs> wow, that's where I'm from. Thanks. <laughs> Shots fired. Wow. <laughs> Wait, but we had that Montevallo connection. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Did you know we Sorry. both went to Montevallo? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know you we missed each other by just even, a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I even grew up in Montevallo. So really, yeah. So when y'all opened up the shop in Montevallo, I was like, man, that's amazing because uh, I remember when that was a theater. Yeah, yeah, was, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's where that's where strand, we are. Yeah. It was the strand, the strand Theater when I was growing up, and that's where I saw my first movie. 
And it, I <laughs> think was I, told, it? I told you, you the story. I think I saw Aladdin. Oh, oh wow! In elementary school, and <laughs> so in my first movie, right? I'm in I think kindergarten, and we're watching. It's just amazing. The first big yeah. screen, and then out of nowhere, there's a ruckus down in the front, and uh, we all we all evacuated, and come to find out. A snake. Oh, <laughs> got into, got into oh my goodness gracious. Oh kindergarten kids. I'm sure it's sealed up a lot better now. But <laughs> yeah, well, I certainly hope but, so. But uh, I'm so, pretty yeah. sure that was the nail in the coffin for the Strand Theater because I think it shut down pretty soon after that. Really? Yeah. Wow. The snake wow. did a man. Yeah, that's some fun Montevallo lore for you guys. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but Montevallo, man, it's... Um, it's a cool little town, you know. I think it is. It really the, is such a cool campus with the cobblestone streets, yeah. and it was fun, you know. So I grew up there, then I went uh, to the high school there, and then I went all the way across the street to college. <laughs> all the way so across I spent the, the first twenty, twenty two, twenty three years of my life. Wow! There, so, and we wow. never had a good coffee shop there. I think that's probably no. why I didn't start drinking coffee until later in life. Yeah, there were no good that's options. Right. But now, that's right. y'all are holding it well, down. I appreciate it. Man. That's right. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, guys, anything else y'all want to talk about before we wrap it up? No. Thanks for having us on, yeah, man. Appreciate we enjoyed it. Man. it. I mean, yeah. check us out on all our social media yeah, handles. What, what is that? I'll tag you on the show. At Baba Java Coffee, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I think we have a TikTok. You have a YouTube channel? Now. Is that right? Yeah, we have TikTok. Yeah. I, you know, what's I, on the YouTube channel? Well, it has. So some we have some old. We have video, yeah. a few brewing vi- videos on there. Uh, we're going to be adding more later, but uh, we have a V60. We have an AeroPress, and we have a Turkish. Uh, brewing demonstration on there so you can check that out and we were going to have all of our podcast stuff on there but we stopped doing that yeah <laughs> because yeah. it's you just can, hard to edit it really is <laughs> yeah you can put them on there audio only but nobody listens right yeah, sure yeah, sure a visual thing and nobody, nobody's yeah. gonna nah, nobody nobody so i i started off doing that as well just because it takes so long to edit the entire video yeah but after i was getting you know 10 12 views i was like oh it's not worth it yeah <laughs> it's not worth it no yeah well yeah thanks again for coming on guys and uh we'll have to do it again sometime yeah we thanks would love to chase. chase thanks thanks a lot always good to talk to you in the shop absolutely